You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I have to give credit because I want to bring the Geula. And it says if you say something in the name of someone else, the Mashiach will come. So Jason actually called it Thirsty Thursdays. I thought that was a good name for this, this, uh, yeah, this time. Thirsty Thursdays. It means we're thirsty. The Jewish people are thirsty. That's like a spiritual, like, um, I don't know. So Yaakov, Yaakov is afraid that, you know, what's going to happen to his son, Benjamin. So Reuven comes to him, and Yehuda comes to him at two different times. When Reuven says, I'm going to take care of Benjamin, Yaakov says no. And Yehuda says, I'm going to take care of Benjamin, Yaakov says yes. And the, it's talked about what the difference is, but one of the main differences is that Reuven says, uh, if I don't bring him back, I'm going to, you know, my kill son, my kill my kids. But Yehuda says, I'm going to, I'm going to give up my Olam Haba. I'm going to be an outcast in Olam Haba. And that's when Yaakov acquiesces. So it's just interesting to contrast between the two psukim. If you look in Miketz, it says, That's when, the, when Yehuda is actually talking to his father Yaakov. He's talking, obviously, first person. I'll send to you in all days. Rashi there says, In the world to come. In this week's parsha, Vayigash, Yehuda is recounting to Yosef what he said to Yaakov, and he said, this is what I said, so it's interesting he says la'avi, even though he's quoting verbatim what he actually said. But if you look on the word kol hayamim, Rashi, number four, says, how come I am putting up a fight more so than the rest of the brothers? That's because they all are standing on the outside. I've placed myself under a firm bond to be an outcast in both worlds. So this is where the question now lies. In this week's parsha, he says, referring to both that he will be an outcast if he does not return Benyamin. He'll be an outcast in both Olam Haba and Olam Hazet. But in Mikates, Rashi said, just Olam Haba. So which one was it? Was he offering up both this world and the next world? Or was it just the next world? So why does he say both worlds? So there's a couple different angles, but this was the research that, um, the topic I was, I was looking at this, this week. And there's a couple different, different angles, actually two or three contrasting ideas. So approach A is, if you look in the H. Yosef, which is a parish on the Medrash, he says clearly it's not bolded, obviously, on his actual parish, but it says Gam Olam Haba. So when he says to his father, Kol Hayamim, I'm going to send to you for eternity, he means Gam Olam Haba. Of course, he's referring to Olam Haza as well, but it's also, it's a reboy, also Olam Haza. But not everybody learns like that. If you look, the next one, the Sifzei Chacham, I feel connected to, because if you look in one of the things, his name was actually Strum. So I was trying to find some familial connection, which I have yet to discover exactly, but his name was Strum. Um, so the Sifzei Chachamim says something interesting. He says, now he's talking to an Egyptian ruler. They don't believe in that. They don't believe in the next world. So he's not going to mention Olam Haba. He had to incorporate Olam Haza in his discussion. So 
That's why, right, bolded it. Mishum summer he thought, Shema Yosef, Eno Mamin Ba'onesh Olam Maybe Yosef wouldn't believe in that. That's why he had to incorporate Olam Hazet. But, well, so it's not clear if he meant it literally. Did he actually mean both worlds or just in his conversation he was incorporating it? It's clear from the next parish, Maskele David, um, I think it was like in the 1800s, but he says like a, a, a little bit of shtickle Torah, we're not going to go into it, but he basically says, in truth, he, it was just a decoy. Really, he only offered up Olam Haba, but in order to um, you know, get Yosef to think a certain way, he had to incorporate Olam, Olam Haza. And it's because of the reason that uh, if someone makes a neder, um, you have to do Hatara, even if that... that if the Tanai is Miskayim, you still have to do you still have to do Hatara, but you can only nullify the Neder in the place that the Neder applies, which would mean that he would never actually be able to nullify the Neder that he made for him to be an outcast if he doesn't return Binyamin to, for Olam Haba. That would only apply in Olam Haba, which means if Yosef would actually send Binyamin with him, even if he would return him, Yehuda would actually have to be still outcasted because you can't nullify that neder that you made until you're in the place that it applies. And you can't nullify it here if it's applying there. Which, one more time go back And why is it not like us tonight? Because that's the Gemara. I don't know if I quoted it here. It's a Gemara in Makos or Nadarim. The Gemara says exactly that. Even a neder al tanai, nidoi al tanai tzarech hafara. A nidoi al tanai still needs hafara, even if it was whether it was miskayim or not. And because it would only apply in olam haba, you could only nullify it in olam haba, which means he would still be an outcast. And we know that's what happened to Yehuda. He became an outcast. That's why it says for forty years his bones were miskalglin in the in the kever until Moshe came and davened on behalf of Yehuda which is a riot to this. So he got free in Olam Haza. He was okay. But in Olam Haba, he didn't get in right away because he made this neder and he couldn't absolve it here on this world. So anyway, that's like more of a deeper, interesting reason why he had to mention this world as well because of the idea that if they're linked, then if you're Mephir, if you're Mati, you're part of a Tanai, it'll, it'll perhaps go on the whole thing. So that's why he incorporated Olam Hazet, but it still didn't work. But he fulfilled his tana. If he filled his neder, why is he held up from Olam Haba? Because you can't, you can't, uh, be, you can't fulfill. It's not called fulfill. Yeah, because it's tied into Olam Haba. Yeah, no yeah, way but it was an if then, meaning if I don't bring him back to you, then this will happen. I will have sent to you forever, right? The yeah. forever is in this world and in the next world. But he did bring him back to him, and therefore... But it doesn't apply, because he's not in the next world. You're not living in that world. It doesn't matter. He didn't end up in a spot that he would have to be... He doesn't have to be Mabata Neder. He, he, didn't, he didn't get up to that yet, even. Meaning he fulfilled... Correct. He That's the Kiddush. Afilu Niskayim. The Gemara says, even yeah. though you were you fulfilled it, you still need this... How far? And the Gemara says, where do you learn Nidoy al Tanai, Tzar Hafar, Minolan, Mi Yehuda? That's what the Gemara, you go look in the Gemara, Makos 11b. Mi Yehuda, Dechsivim, Lo have Yosef, I do not bring him back. It's learnt from Yehuda. Um, which is just interesting. But um, similar Russian to Rashi, I think I quoted here. Similar Russian to Rashi who said, hey, it's just, 
it's very interesting what she said. Heim kulami because they all are standing on the outside, but I am tied here. And the Rabbeinu B'chayes says it beautifully. He says, kol achimi b'chutz. All of my brothers are on the outside, but I'm on the inside. And it's like this concept of, are you on the sidelines or are you on the field? Are you on the outside or are you on the inside? Are you nugea b'davar, baldavar? Then you're going to be the one to, then you're going to be the one to talk. And an example of that um, is in the Miguel's Esther. It says in 116, number nine, it says, Now why did, the commentaries talk about why did Memuchan speak up? And the Or Chadash, which is the Maral on Esther, says, if you look in the underline, Ki hadavar Someone that's no, something that's no gea to a person, personally, uh, it, and that's no gea, he's, he's no gea then he's going to be the first one to talk, or he's going to be the first one to do something, or he's going to be the first one to, you know, make amends. Or In, in this case, it was Vayigash Elav Yehuda. It was Yehuda approaching Yosef in particular because he was a baldavar. He made himself an arev. Um, Another example of that in the Gemara is Hamotzi Mechaver Olav Araya. Somebody, you want to take someone from something else, then you have to bring Araya. It's the same concept that when you're a, when you're a, bal, when you're a baldavar in the matter. In fact, on the Gemara of Hamotzi Mechaver Olav Araya, the Ben Yoyada, which I did not put here, I don't think, I did not. He says that, it's a Pasuk, Mi baldavarim yigashaleim. Who's a baldevarim? Yigash aleim. So it's interesting, the word yigash, too, is used there in, in Shemos, and that's our parasha, vayigash. And the way he learns it is, mi baldevarim, someone who's a baldevarim, then devarim yigash aleim. Then the matter is going to be yigash to you. You're going to be personally um, in, in, involved and, and want to make, you know, make amends. And then I saw this lashon again of, of vayigash in the Basayan, uh, on last week's parsha, he says his whole topic, Kemat, in his, his farm, is all about humility, humility, humility. But he does say, it was interesting to see him say it, it's in number 12, he says, how do you approach holiness? He says the word lageshes, which is the same root as vayigash. How do you approach holiness? How do you approach Torah, tefillah, mitzvos? If someone's so humble, then they're going to be like, who am I to approach that? So he says the trick is, the Chazal gave us an Eitzah, and the Eitzah is... To say, to say that the world was created for me. And now that you're no gebedavar, now that you're a bal devarim, so you're going to be, you're not standing on the outside, but rather you're on the inside. The whole world was created for you. Now you're no gebedavar. You're like, you're like Yehuda. You're like Vayigash, Elav Yehuda. You can be lageshes. You can now approach Kedusha and holiness because the world was created for you. You're standing on the inside, not on the outside. And the Svasemis says, Vayigash, Elav Yehuda, is in number 13, he says that the, really an Arev, when we, he says I'm an Arev for Binyamin, we are all an Arev for our Neshama, that we're going to return back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even if we sin and, and mess up, and through Teshuvah, Meyom Kedaliba, he says, Eich ela laviva, narin the nar is a reference to the Neshama, how am I going to go back to my father if that Neshama that I was entrusted with is not with me. So really this whole parsha of Yehuda being a guarantor of Binyamin and him being the one to be the one to approach is is really um it's like a massive limur for us about being a Baal Davar. And then I was thinking about the quote, you gotta be in it to win it, and I found an ad, a commercial, it's from maybe you remember it, from eighty two, from Bob Brown, who was some you think he was the Mets radio host, but 
he would he would do the commercials for the New York Lottery, and he's the one who's credited with you got to be in it to win it, which sounds simple, but it's really smart because in order to win it, you have to you actually have to be. And it just makes sense. You have to be in it. But the chilek between the lottery and and what we're learning about is very different. Because there, you just have a small chance. If you're in it, you have a chance to win it. But here, if you're in it, and you're like Yehuda, and you're Vayigash, and you approach things, and you're not afraid, and you realize, then automatically you want it. Not only in the next world, but in this world as well. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.